Look at my butt. Show number 278 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK talk track. Listeners, we're back. Yay! Another episode coming at you in which we're going to talk about Star Trek, our favorite yes. show, and William Shatner, one of our favorite actors, or possibly our favorite of all time actors, I guess. Of course, of course. <laughs> I want to point out something, uh, listeners, that we were just talking about before we started recording, which is we have been doing this show for 15 years. Crazy. I was thinking, what's it been, five or six? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot of talking about Bill and science fiction and Star Trek and it's sex true. toys. I, I was um, I was fooling around with the, the feed because I was trying to make it better. Apple Podcasts is always um, making new requirements, so you have to constantly be adjusting things. And oh, even though our actual show numbers are up to, this is going to be 278, mm-hmm. um, there's over 300 things that we've done that are sitting there that didn't get numbers because they were special editions or yes. live things that we did and all the rest of that. So that's a lot of media, 300 <laughs> plus shows. It's a lot. It is. I'm it's proud good. of us. I am extremely proud of us. Our show is good. And thank you listeners for listening. And if you didn't realize we had 278 shows, <laughs> like there's a shit ton of stuff you can go back and listen to. There's yeah. a lot, a whole yeah. lot. I, I might advise you to skip maybe the first 10 shows or so because we had shitty microphones. Uh, yeah, but after the that, sound quality is really bad yeah. in those early ones because I went back and listened to all of them, Yeah, you know, I don't know, over five years ago. So there wasn't as much, but yeah, but um, but yeah, now we're pros. Anyway, let's talk about William Shatner, our, our captain. Oh, my captain. Uh, Bill did another GalaxyCon appearance, which happened last Saturday. Yes. And that was free. And it was good. It was much like the one before. He, he was sitting in his kitchen mm-hmm. with his, his laptop open. And the same guy was moderating it. And they talked for a while about different things. Um, Bill was heavily into shilling for his new albums that are coming out. Yeah. So he's he's got the blues album, and then he's got this other thing that he keeps describing as autobiographical. Like he writes down stories about him and his life, and he sends them to the lyricist, and then they get turned into lyrics, and then he does a performance into his iPhone, and then the music gets set to it. So who the hell knows what that's going to sound like? It could be great, or it could be really weird. Could we drop him a little note? Telling him not to tell the bicycle story. <laughs> That's a really good point. And yeah, <laughs> I tend to think that the stories he's going to tell aren't going to be Star Trek focused. They're going to be more like the stuff that was on uh, Has Been, which was yes. far more personal. Yes. Uh, so it was good, and people asked pretty good questions. Um, there was nothing earth-shaking or, uh, like, revelatory as I was sitting there. Mm-hmm. I didn't go, oh, my God, I've never heard that before. But he talked again about how much he loves doing this. So well, it's easy for him. Exactly. So he gets to sit in his kitchen. He's drinking a cup of coffee, and people are just firing questions at him, and he just gets to talk. And mm-hmm. he, he said again how weird it was to be looking at a screen and seeing, like, the green dot, but not actually being able to see all of the people yes. that he's talking to. That was a little strange, but he seems extremely comfortable with it. So I think 
he's going to be doing a lot of those from now on. So if you miss one of these, there will be more. I could guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you go, Bill. And of course, if we hear about other ones that are happening, um, we'll let you know. And we'll post it on the Facebook group. Yeah. Yep. So um, I wanted to mention, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will have happened. But San Diego Comic-Con is happening this weekend. Mm -hmm. And there are um, three things that look good. And the cool thing about it is that it's all free. Yay! Yeah, which is great. And then the other thing is that these recordings are being put out on the San Diego Comic-Con YouTube channel. And I believe that they're going to be available forever afterwards so if you miss it because the first one is at 10 a.m um on thursday morning which is super early for some people um Um, and that that of course will be pacific time right yes correct okay okay but you'll be able to watch it any old time so here are the trek ones that people might be interested in so thursday morning at 10 to 11 is the star trek panel and that is focused on the new stuff so they'll be talking about lower decks they'll be talking about picard they'll be talking about discovery uh strange new worlds it's unclear if they're going to have stars from all the shows like i don't know if patrick stewart is going to be on but certainly the showrunners are going to be there and some of the writers and the other producers so that should be good it'll be you know i'm sure they'll have announcements because they always do at Mm -hmm. comic-con it's a time when they're putting the news out there so that's a good one the next one is at noon on thursday and it's called uh the ladies thursday yes tomorrow oh that's tomorrow okay i got it yes at noon is starfleet ladies the the ladies of starfleet and it's um a couple of writers and i think one of the producers just talking about the history of women in starfleet Mm -hmm. which i think is an interesting way to do it so it's not women in star trek it's women in starfleet yes so that seems way more interesting so i think that's going to be good okay and then the third thing is on saturday morning again at 10 o'clock is a panel that's specifically about best of both worlds and it's yeah right and yes. it's being hosted by the inglorious trexperts the guy who do the podcast that uh-huh. i like and they're going to have elizabeth denny there which i think is great so yeah. i am super psyched and wouldn't it be the perfect time for them to be saying like you should be on the picard show because <laughs> she should absolutely be on the picard show and she should be playing the sort of role we described that you yes. know she's like the anti-picard and his yes. merry band of ragtags Yes, exactly right. So I am super psyched about that one. There's one more that's not Star Trek related, which is at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And that's uh, the NASA panel where they're going to be talking with some of the astronauts. And it's going to be hosted by William Shatner. Oh, good. Well, I was going to say, even without Bill, although everything's better with Bill, we really enjoyed the astronauts one um, at uh, Silicon Valley a couple years ago. Yes, they were very good. So this will be uh, really cool. And I I could just imagine how excited the astronauts are that Bill's hosting this thing, right? I know. What could be better? Like, oh, my God, Captain Kirk is going to be in charge of our panel. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Are there then two on Saturday at 10 o'clock or did I misunderstand? Um, the the best of both worlds is at 10 and the nasa one is at 11 oh okay all right yeah all right and it looks like the panels are only an hour each so mm-hmm. there's no overlap uh and there aren't panels that are happening simultaneously as far as i can tell okay good that will yeah. make it simple yeah and then for anybody who's watching who's going to listen to it afterwards i think you just go to their youtube channel and look for it and there it will be yeah okay 
Yeah. Boom, we'll that'll be exciting. And we won't be sitting in a little room that's too hot. <laughs> this is correct. Um, we certainly won't be at San Diego Comic-Con, which is a big room that's too hot most of the time, uh, filled with tens of thousands of people. Because mm-hmm. I've done that, and I don't want to do that anymore. No. Uh, it's way too crowded, and yeah, nobody wants that. So it's it's all going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Oh, and we should mention, I know we posted this on the Facebook group, but the trailer for Lower Decks was released, and yes. it looks really funny. I'm yeah. excited about that. Yep, that does look uh, good. The the thing that amused me most of all, and I don't know the characters' names yet, but I think one of the lead characters uh, was playing with the force field on the shuttlecraft, where yeah. she kept pressing the button and going, now it's on, now it's off, now it's on, now it's off. I was oh, like, God, it's like a four-year-old. <laughs> but it's like me. That's what I would be doing. I would be pressing the button and going, look, on, off, on, off. So I, I relate to that in a very serious okay. way. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. So, okay. Um, let's talk about one of the most amazing things that we watched recently, which was uh, the San Francisco Oasis group doing another Trek episode, which was Turnabout Intruder. Oh, my God. So, so <laughs> funny. And you know it's really funny when you're all by yourself and you're laughing out loud. Because I was yes. recently reading about um, that laughter should be a community thing and mm-hmm. how the the shows you watch like Colbert and you know some of the others that are broadcasting from their house really don't seem as funny and it's not because of the jokes it's because the audience isn't there mm-hmm. and the the performer is not like feeding off the audience getting that yeah. energy so this was filmed in front of the audience at the mm-hmm. Oasis and uh, it, it, the audience was right there. They were laughing. They were, oh, yes. you know, it was really good to hear it. And yeah, I was laughing out loud as well as we watched it. And the, I think this was like a perfect episode for them to do because the central conceit is mm-hmm. that we have Captain Kirk uh, uh, played by a man who is then possessed by the spirit of a woman. Yes. So in the Oasis thing, we have Captain Kirk, who the character is a man, but is being played by a woman in drag. I believe Crow ident- Lee Crow identifies as a woman, mm-hmm. who is then possessed by the spirit of a woman. Yes. <laughs> so it kind of comes full circle in a way. Yes. Yes, it was it, it was amazing, and her performance as Kirk, being Janice Lester, was so amazing. It really was the little high heels. Oh my oh. god! Oh, <laughs> it was great, and the whole nail filing thing. I know, like when Bill does it, it's really funny. When Lee did it, it was a whole bit. It was like the business <laughs> of business. Yes, it really, it really was, and you know, everybody. It seemed to have like a little hook for their character or mm-hmm. something, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, um, well, the, the one I remember the most clearly because I laughed so hard every time it happened was uh, Nurse Chapel. <laughs> it was so good. And oh whenever behind the curtain they were doing scene change, costume change, whatever, she came out with a clipboard and just wandered around looking really puzzled. Looking so confused. Oh, and I realized but, she does that in a lot of episodes. Yes, that's and, why it was so funny. because And the audience like, was getting it. They understood. And, oh, man, I was laughing so hard. Plus, that wig was so perfect Nurse Chapel's wig. 
It was. It really was. So just to clarify, all so in the San Francisco Oasis performances, all the women's parts are played by men. Uh, sorry. Yes, they're played by men, drag queens. <laughs> yes. Sorry, it's so hard. And it then is. all the men's parts are played by women, drag kings. And they have good makeup and good costumes. Oh, yes. The sets are really good. They've got great sounds. The special effect for the body transfer was just like it was on the show. So that made me just gasp because it was so good. And they pretty much stick to the script. There's a little bit of ad-libbing, but not that much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just the physicality of what they're doing and um, how they're interacting with each other and the the way that they've overcome certain things. So <laughs> when um, Janice Lester, who in this case was played by Darcy Drollinger, who, who's the host for SF Oasis, who is like six foot three, oh, yeah. I think, you know, towers over everybody else in heels, uh, is on the bio bed in sick bay. They've got it propped up uh-huh. and she's, she's standing up in this thing and can maneuver around the stage. So there were several times when, <laughs> you know, characters would be talking and she was kind of scooting the bed over while standing up. And right. To be with good. them. <laughs> to be with them. Yeah. So she wasn't left out of the conversation. Well, so that I, was great. I also really loved that Scotty's accent <laughs> was so broad that you couldn't, at first you could kind of pick out a word, but uh-huh. as the show went on, it got totally unintelligible. And the last time he spoke of the cast, just kind of, you know, looked at each other, you know, like, what are you saying and everything? And finally, uh, Darcy as Janice Lester went, I got nothing, you know. It's like it was so, nobody knew. It was great. There were a couple of interactions because, as you remember, in the episode when uh, Scotty and McCoy are outside the court martial yes. or the trial or whatever, and Scotty's talking, and McCoy is like, "What? <laughs> I I don't I don't have any idea what you're saying right now." <laughs> yep. Oh, it was so good. And Lee is, I I just cannot heap enough praise on her for her performance, both as Kirk and as Janice Lester. Yes. So good. Yes. And I love that Janice Lester's costume when she was in sick bay had the little bows on the shoulders because that has always annoyed the hell out of me so i'm glad they had that you know it was so good it and and um the scenes where kirk is supposed to be shirtless lee is wearing like a a tank top that's a got muscles painted on the front of it i'd forgotten that oh my god it's very good. So uh, yeah. that is available. If you, I will put the link in. And if you want to watch it, you can go and watch it at SF Oasis. And it's about an hour. Um, it's so worth it. It's so oh, yeah. worth an hour of your time to watch it. Watch it with your friends or on 2-7 or something. Apparently, there's also a recording of Mirror Mirror, which right. we didn't know about. Yeah, no. which I saw in person. And it was wonderful. It was so Yeah, good. well, I have to go watch that one. I don't know how far back. The first one we ever saw them do was Mud's Women, correct? That's right. Yes. And so I don't know if that's up there. Hmm. I, I didn't look. Um, there definitely was another one in there that I missed for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Mirror Mirror and then I missed Turnabout Intruder because uh, that was right when we were getting back from vacation. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a real excuse for not going. Right. I was in Spain. Yes. Um, well, aren't we lucky that, you know, they don't just do it and that's it, that, you know, yeah. they keep it up on the website. Yes, because it is good. it's so amazing. It was so funny. So I, <laughs> I hope that they get to do it again. You know, when theater comes back and live performances are able to be had, 
I, I want them to keep doing it. They're so good now. The, mm-hmm. the ensemble is great. They play off each other really well. And, and you can tell uh, they have studied that episode. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and they're super well rehearsed, too. That That yes. is the thing. It's like they all hit their marks. They know what they're doing. Nobody's forgetting their lines. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very, very professional performance altogether. Exactly. I might watch that again. It was really good. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch Mirror, Mirror. <laughs> yeah, Mirror, Mirror was great. Because um, I want to see Lee in the gold sash. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so very, very, very good. Um, let's see. Okay, so that was what um, we had on our list to start with. Um, oh, I know what I wanted to mention. Yes. <laughs> you sent me this article a while ago, and this was uh, from 2017, and the name of the article was William Shatner picks his favorite Love Live on anime character, and Twitter freaks out. Okay, I need you to explain that to me, which is why I sent it to you. I don't know what Love Live anime is. I mean, I know well, it's anime, I don't... but yeah, I think you know pretty... all these things. <laughs> It, it's. I know that it's an anime, and it's got three girls who are the main characters. I've never watched it, so I don't really know like what happens. But someone asked him on Twitter which of the main cast was his favorite, and he <laughs> said it was the one who's named Umi. And I don't know why. Um, he says he he likes her because uh, the other two are stubborn, and so I don't know what that means. I don't know who like who's a fan of the show but the thing that i like is that he clarified the reason he watches anime is because he does it with his granddaughters yeah and he plays minecraft with them and that cracked me up oh yeah there's bill william shatner famous thespian captain kirk and he's sitting with his little granddaughters and they're like grandpa grandpa we want to watch this anime and he's like what and they're going (laughs) no we have to sit here and watch it and it's on crunchyroll and we're going to watch six episodes we're going to binge it and he's going okay and then they're having to stop it and explain everything to him every time and then (laughs) and then like most parents he ends up hooked because oh, he's yeah. watched it and now he's invested in the characters yeah. and and he has to watch it and then he ends up watching it without them because he likes it so much. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be so amazing to like have a video of that or be sitting with them and oh. you know there's Bill watching this totally preposterous thing and and two little granddaughters explaining to him oh this is what's happening and that's mm-hmm. my favorite and what's your favorite grandpa you know everything oh my goodness. It would be the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Uh, and then he plays Minecraft. <laughs> and he plays Minecraft with them, which is also amazing. Like, I, I want to know, does he actually sit at the computer? Or does he do, like, I've done sometimes, which is, like, someone else is sitting at the computer, and you're sitting on their right or left mm-hmm. and sort of directing the action because oh. it's too complicated to figure out how to do the thing. And he's going, okay, move this over here. Let's go over to that part of the thing. Let's build this. Like, <laughs> you know, he's he's the captain he's telling yes. people what to do but he's not actually doing it himself well it kind of sounds like when you and i were trying to play the star trek computer <laughs> game on an outdated operating system yeah uh-huh. and that's when we first met the mean ad admiral who yelled who kept, at us yeah. he yelled at us and he told us to get back out there and do whatever the task was and it was like we can't we're incompetent <laughs> We failed out of Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. <laughs> but I, I love that. 
that something about that just really touched me. Like mm-hmm. he's a grandpa who really wants to be involved with his kids, right? Yes. And if it means watching weird Japanese anime with them, mm-hmm. he'll do it. Like he'll sit down and they'll probably, you know, make tea and, and they'll, they'll do it. And that's what he'll do for his family. And yep. that just, you know, I think men of his generation can go either way. They can either wholeheartedly embrace that kind of stuff or they can just say, ah, kid stuff, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and no, Bill's a wholeheartedly embraced type of person. He really has, and that's just amazing. And it made me reflect again on how hard it must be for him not being able to hang out with his family, right? Like if yeah. you're used to hanging out with your granddaughters and watching Japanese anime and now you can't, you have to do yeah. it on Zoom or whatever. That that's, that's I hard. hope they're all doing Zoom or FaceTime or something because that's really important in this time. I think. Yeah, I think so too. So I just I I, I was puzzled over it and then I read it. I was like, that's so cool. That's yes. just great. <laughs> um, speaking of the quarantine and the lockdown and all that, um, I I didn't put this in the the links, but Bill did an interview with Canadian Television recently. Mm-hmm. You pointed out once again. He said his wife's cooking for him. Yes. What the heck? You know what I was wondering. Yeah. Um. Somebody pointed out when the divorce announcement came out that they've uh-huh. been separated for for like a year. But I think uh, the divorce happened right before a certain significant anniversary. Uh-huh. And so I was wondering if they divorced for like tax purposes. <gasps> Oh, my God. Because, you know, Tom Cruise served Katie, or Katie served Tom, somebody, or, no, Tom served Nicole, who I don't like, um, <laughs> the papers, like, a day or two before their 10th anniversary, and if you've been mm. married 10, th- 10 years in California, oh, my God, I mean, that's when that 50-50 plus everything else really kicks yeah. in. Yeah. So, huh. and, you know, if she's still there cooking for him, and... He still thinks she's his, or considers her his wife. Yeah, it's just so weird. I don't, I don't understand it. He's doing an interview on Canadian television, and he's Mm -hmm. just talking about it like this is his life. And I mean, if I had been one of those hosts, I wouldn't have said anything. You know, I was like, wait, Bill, didn't you just get divorced? Well, why wouldn't you say anything? I would. I don't know. I want clarification. I'm a journalist. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I just would have... I I, I would have been scared. That that would have been it. I I would would have been been too, but I think to leave that hanging is just... That's not good journalism. And if he had explained it in any way, um, it's like a scoop. Yeah. You know, you have to be fearless. Yeah, I guess so. Well, here's the thing. Uh, on that topic, yes. Bill on, on Twitter, very active on Twitter, as we all know. Yes. Apparently, there was a story in Men's Health magazine about Bill. Recently? That was very recently, yes. Oh. I have not read it, but Bill tweeted to them, and here's what he said. And so this is at Men's Health Magazine. I have to say that your latest story on me is filled with, uh, and I believe it's the icon for shit. (laughs) Oh, the poop icon, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the poop icon. It's hard to see. Uh, He says, I no longer have a place in Kentucky due to divorce. It wasn't 360 acres or in Versailles. That was with my second wife. Horses for Heroes was supported by my former wife's charity, and nor were they on the property. 
your reporter used a site called Celebrity Net Worth as a source. That sounds like a really credible source. Over the Hedge wasn't my movie, and your reporter should adjust for inflation if that's how she is going to calculate successful movies. Honestly, you could do a lot better article sourcing info from sites like The Inquirer, who would probably tell you I had a secret alien base housed on the property. It would still be wrong, but at least it would be humorous to read instead of this tripe. Wow. Yeah. So the fact that he felt like he needed to call them out on Twitter is pretty interesting. Um, I guess we'll have to get hold of this article to see what it actually says. But, okay, so he doesn't have a place in Kentucky due to divorce, which we'd read in one of the other things about that. Mm -hmm. And um, then he goes on to clarify about it not being in for sales, which you'd told us about because we'd heard that from a couple different people, including Wildcat at one point. Um, So... It confirms the fact that he did get divorced. It doesn't say anything about his wife, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah. So he tweeted that on July 20th, and mm. I don't see any sort of follow-up to that whatsoever. Gonna, you know, it's really strange. You know that I um, use Flipboard as my news aggregator, mm-hmm. and one of the topics that I've put in, you know, to go into a custom thing for me is Shatner mm-hmm. and I get stuff that shows up not just there but in some of the other windows from Men's Health because it's nationally oh. known med, uh, magazine so I'm really surprised I did not see that and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check on it yeah well maybe when we take our break we can take a minute to google it yeah um, before we take our break one more thing that we wanted to talk about was um the very very sad passing of grant imahara yes uh, which really broke my heart he seemed like the nicest nicest guy and as a big mythbusters fan i was i was very shocked and very very sad about it well and i think i might have posted this on facebook i don't think on the look at his butt part but um you know, I, I never watched a lot of Mythbusters, but I watched it when you told me it was something I should do. And we watched the one where they tested the Gorn Cannon. <laughs> that's right. That was his thing. He, and he th- that's why it. I remember it, because they showed us the meeting where he was proposing the idea. And yeah. he's drawing the things on the whiteboard. And he was so excited. He really wanted to do this. And that's, that's how I think of him, you know. Yeah. And that was such a fun episode and just so sad sad yeah Yeah. um and he also as we know he built jeff peterson for um the craig ferguson show i I never knew that that stunned me yep so that's because i did watch the the craig ferguson show (laughs) he did that and he worked on he worked on star wars he worked on so many other things and he worked on galaxy Galaxy quest Quest. yeah i i believe i i watched a an interview with adam savage uh, recently and he said i think grant made the uh, blue lights that are on the ship um what's the name of the ship uh the uh (laughs) totally blanking on it nss the explorer and that's wrong no it's not anyway that ship right the blue lights that are on the outside of it he did that stuff and at the time that was really difficult because blue leds were really expensive and to get it to look the right way Mm -hmm. was hard and he made that ship look beautiful so we can credit that to him yeah. See, I was thinking maybe he did, you know, the the rock monster or something. No, you know. he was more of a ship guy. I yeah, think he, I guess he was so. really into that. Um, he also uh, did, I, I saw him, I didn't see him do it live, but I saw a recording where he talked about other things that he'd done while he was working for ILM and for 
uh, Star Wars, and he got um, sort of shanghaied into being um, C-3PO in person because they had to do a lot of public appearances with the 3PO costume and the guy who was doing it couldn't make them. And so they had, they looked around the shop and they were like, who will fit in this thing? Oh my God. You. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was a period where if you were at an event and 3PO was there, that was who was inside the costume was Grand and Mahara. Yeah. Wow. Well, a real... Uh, spark of joy and intelligence yeah. and creativity has gone out of the world with him. Yeah. So very, he very did wonderful sad. things. And it, from everything we saw and heard, it sounded like he loved doing them. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he followed his dream and he was good at it too. Which, yes. You know, not wonderful. everybody can say <laughs> that's, that's correct. Um, okay. So uh, let's take our break. Okay. And we, we've got some fun stuff to talk about when we come back and we're going to end on the most amazing interview with Bill that we've ever read. So it's going to be good. <laughs> be right back. Okay. <laughs> Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. Eaten by a shark. Yes. This was in an article I ran across where Bill was talking a lot about the unexplained, which, if you don't know, is this new, um, like, in search of show that he hosts. It's terrible. It's terrible. And he's shilling like mad for it because I believe he's one of the producers, you know, one of yes. the owners and everything. Anyway, this is... This is William Shatner Strange, which is a special kind of strange because he gets talking and... Off it goes. So anyway, I want to read this. Please read this. Quote. I want do a dramatic reading, please. I will try. I cannot do a very good Shatner impression, but anyway, the unexplained hovers over these things, like the escape from Alcatraz and whether they escaped or not. But it isn't so much the escape and whether they did it or not. What to me is the mystery is they're in this jail. They're getting two meals a day, and it can't be unspeakable. Okay, I have to interrupt myself. Bill, I have done the tour of Alcatraz. <laughs> Me too. And I've seen the pictures and, you know, uh, read some things about it. Yeah, it is unspeakable. But you It's know. horrible. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, man. It's like human rights violations. That's Left awful. and right. Yes. Okay. Back to what Bill has to say. <laughs> What is unspeakable is their desire to get away, so much so that they'll risk being eaten by a shark. Can you imagine anything more monstrous? The the stuff of nightmares when this thing 
opens its jaw and and doesn't take your head off right away so you're unconscious but it takes your arm off and and you're trying to swim without your arm bleeding and you're screaming and then it comes back and takes your leg off now you can't skip (laughs) in the water (laughs) you can't move your body And then it comes back and you see it. And your last moment is seeing these teeth as it wrings your head from your body. What could be more monstrous? You tell somebody that and they'll say, shit, I'm not going to go and jump in the water. (laughs) Bill, what is up with you? I don't know. Wow, he spent too much time thinking about what it might be like to get eaten by a shark. I'm just no, say I that. think that was all spontaneous. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he does talk about that on the show. Oh, I don't know. Are you there know, sharks in the San Francisco Bay? There are. There are there? People okay. have seen sharks. There actually are sharks. They're rare, but they do come in. Okay, because. I have, and stuff. I have a friend from, you know, the theater who does the swim from San Francisco to Alcatraz and back several times a week. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're definitely a danger out there. I mean, the danger with Alcatraz is that you're going to freeze to death because the water is right. incredibly cold. Or that the, current the currents. Is gonna, yeah, it's going to sweep you out to sea because you can. You know, speaking of Mythbusters, yes. uh, they, they tested this and they built a raft just like the guys had built and they actually the managed to get... the raincoats or whatever? Yes, that's correct. I think I saw that one. It was amazing and they did it. They managed to escape. They got to shore even though they were bailing like crazy and they proved that it is possible to uh-huh. do it. Yeah, wow. so that was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, getting eaten by a shark. So. <laughs> Oh, Bill. Oh. <laughs> I do love that. But The yeah. Unexplained is a terrible show. And I've told a few people about, you know, the the house that was built in the shape of an upside-down <laughs> cross. And they all just like, oh, my God, you know, you could turn the camera. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, everybody. I mean, I think you could tell a four-year-old that. And they'd go, well, why don't you just turn it around, you know? <laughs> so bad. So I... I don't watch it. I will never watch it again. I have to say, I was a little disturbed because Bill was live tweeting it the other day when it was oh, on. Yes. And it sounded to me, and I could be wrong because I haven't watched it, that the episode that they were doing was kind of one of those psychic kids things. Like, oh, look at these kids. They're able to do remote viewing or whatever. Oh, dear. But, but not only that, but then it, it kind of covered kids who have other unusual abilities, like... Um, you know, there are some people who um, can play the piano. They hear something once mm-hmm. and then they can play it. Yes. And too often we associate that with people who are disabled in other ways, like they're autistic perhaps, or they're on the spectrum, or they have some other perhaps learning difficulties. And it really sounded like they were treating these kids like they were kind of sideshow freaks. And oh. that just was icky. Well, you and, see, I um, I associate that ability to play by ear, you know, not necessarily read music or anything, but to play by ear. To me, that's like a sign of, of genius or having a, mm-hmm. a definite um, ability in music that most of us do not have. For all my years of piano, I cannot play by ear. 
Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think you're right. You know, anything unusual like that, you know, like if you're if you're a math prodigy or you right. know, Mozart, who obviously was the most famous of the musical prodigies to yeah, to kind of treat them like freaks, and that's yeah. Not good. It's like the idiot savant thing, like the Rain Man yes. thing. Like, oh, you know, matches on the floor, and I can count all of them, and that kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. which doesn't really happen in real life. So that made me annoyed, and I don't want to watch that episode to find out if it was true. Yeah. But just from his tweets, it seemed like that mm. was what they were doing. And I have to say, just personally, there is a TV show about psychic kids. I think it's on the Learning Channel or A and E or one of those <laughs> okay. exploitation channels, or the History Show, which a channel which never I, shows anything historical right the hitler (laughs) channel um and it just it sounds like terrible exploitation of these kids you know that Mm -hmm. they're either uh faking the kids are faking it or the show is faking it or they're just um putting them in impossible situations and no children should be exploited on in media like that adults Mm -hmm. are one thing kids are something else you shouldn't be doing that shit. yeah i do have to share a funny story I may have told you before, but I know our listeners have not heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, I was in Tony and Tina's wedding mm-hmm. in uh, San Jose, and I was playing the mother of the bride, Mrs. Vitale. And the groom, you know, had all these these friends, and, you know, everybody knew each other. And so they all called me Mrs. V when we were in character. Well, during rehearsal, one of the things we had to do um, was all of us together go to a local bowling alley, staying in character, but mm-hmm. without causing a scene well there's one (laughs) friend or family member who's a a guy and he's an adult but he's what they call in the show slow which you know Mm. is kind of offensive anyway but he gets up there and he bowls strike after strike this guy could really bowl and so one of the groomsmen comes up to me and he goes hey mrs v did you see that is he like a bowling savant or something (laughs) And it, it, whenever anybody says idiot savant, that's all I can think of. He's a bowling savant. I like that. That's really good. <laughs> that is very good. It was fun. Good. <laughs> bowling savant. Excellent. Okay. So what's oh. next on the big shoe? Um, Plato's stepchildren. <gasps> yes. Okay. This is an article. This is one of a series, and I don't think we've done anything with this series yet. But it is on Red Shirts Always Die. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, when they do one, they pick an episode, and not necessarily TOS, but they, an episode that's regarded as bad or we don't want to watch that, you know, like Spock's brain. And they try to find the good in it. So this particular article was finding the good in Plato's stepchildren. Uh, now, just to, to give everybody a little background, Plato's stepchildren was banned for years in the UK. And the reason is, if you need a refresher on the episode, these Plato's stepchildren, these ancient Greeks, or Greeks from ancient times, somehow uh, took off and got to this planet. And when they got to the planet, they found they had these powers where, you know, they could move objects with their minds, and they didn't age and everything. And, um, and then they need medical help. And so they send out a distress call. Kirk McCoy Spock come down, saves whoever it is that's sick, and they want to keep McCoy, which Kirk and Spock are not going to allow. And there is a little person named Alexander, played by Michael Dunn, who was a great actor. He has passed away. But he doesn't have the fancy powers. So they treat him terribly, you know, just Mm -hmm. like he's their 
dog or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, when Kirk is, no, we're not letting you keep McCoy, uh, they start playing games with Kirk and Spock. And they're sort of torture, they're sort of humiliation things. And it is, for me at least, a very uncomfortable episode to watch. Oh. It's excruciating. It, it really is. It really is. I just, I, you know, I can't say I like it at all. But the reason we're bringing this up is, um, okay, this is the last part where the person, the writer, is explaining what the good is in this episode. And I thought he did, he, he got it right. You know, the, uh, she, I think. She, okay. Like Rachel oh, Carrington. Okay, Rachel got it right. Um, it said, despite the kiss between Kirk and Aurora being forced, it is widely regarded as a positive moment in history, and that is one redeeming quality for this episode, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. the biggie. The other is Alexander, a little person who desperately wanted to escape from his oppressors as he didn't have telekinetic power. He befriends the Enterprise crew and tries to help them. Alexander was so desperate to be free from the Platonian's torment that he asked Kirk, who'd managed to obtain telekinetic abilities, of course, because he's the goddamn captain, <laughs> to allow him to kill the leader of the Platonians. In that moment of desperation, the pain the man has suffered is so evident, helped by Michael Dunn's masterful acting. When he realized his life was about to change, his joy couldn't be contained. He'd suffered long enough, and now he was leaving all of it behind him. Alexander Mm -hmm. is the bright spot in this episode. Tortured and bullied, much like some school kids today, he had no hope of ever Mm -hmm. leaving the planet. But he hung on and help arrived. That's a powerful lesson for today's kids and the reason why this episode is not a total failure. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's right. It's hard getting through completely. all the stuff up till then, but yeah, but uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's all true. I remember thinking that when I watched it. Michael Dunn is the best thing about that episode. He's oh, yeah. so good, and yeah. he just like rips your heart out. And mm-hmm. the thing that I loved about that episode, and I believe I said this when last when I talked about it, was that they didn't end with Alexander choosing to stay on the planet and, you know, working to make a better society or something. Mm-hmm. Because that's so often the case, right? Oh, yeah. It's like he has to be, he has to be the bigger person. He has to be superior. He has to be forgiving. And he has generous. to forgive them. Yes, yes. And generous. And, and, and help say them like, see oh, well, the, their wrongfulness. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, nope. I'm out of here. Bye. And he just got out of there. And that was great. What a great ending for yep. him. Really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I so, just wanted to, to share that with everybody because, like I said, it's an episode I will almost always skip watching because of the the torture and torment and humiliation mm-hmm. and everything. But, yeah, Alexander, I mean, he he is essential to um to Kirk and company in this because he explains things to them and what's going on and helps mm-hmm. them with you know whatever they're trying to do and uh i i am i'm just so delighted that the episode sort of he sort of takes over the episode and at the end it centers around him mhm correct yeah yeah he's the end of the episode by mm-hmm. that time we're like 
these these people on the planet, the Plutonians, they're a bunch of assholes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're just going to leave them here to be assholes together. And we're going to take the good guy and we're going to get out. Yep. Good ending. And I, I like love that. that Kirk is very compassionate towards him. Yes. You know? He really is. Bill's so good. You know, he he's respectful and um, in the physicality of his acting, mm -hmm. he tries to get down to Alexander's level as often as possible. So rather than bending over to mm -hmm. talk to him, he'll crouch down or he'll sit down and he does it so naturally. Yes. So just like, I'm just going to sit on this step and we'll have a conversation. And, and it's, it's really good. Really well, well done. And that's one of the reasons you want him to be a person doing first contacts or dealing with aliens, he doesn't like having to function as a diplomat. Mm -hmm. But you know how you say certain people can read people. He can sort of read the aliens and in many cases approach them in a way that if he's representing all of humanity, we seem like good, reasonable people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's good. Thanks for bringing that up. It was, it's good to okay. see Okay, and um, yeah, um, you know, I get notices on, on what they're doing over on Red Shirts Must Die or Always Die. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if, if we get something interesting like that, I will continue to share. Cool. So uh, calling back to part one of this episode, we looked up the um, article on menshealth.com, mm -hmm. and the article's called, What is William Shatner's Net Worth Now?, why do people want to read articles like this? That's the first thing, I guess. I know. It's like, I thought it was a very strange thing to to write an who article on. cares? So the first part of it is just like, William Shatner's been around for a long time. Sure. Uh, as you can expect, Shatner's long career has made him a lot of money. Well... <laughs> Just because somebody has a long career doesn't mean it's made them a lot of money. There's plenty of actors who have been acting for 50 years mm -hmm. and have no money. So uh. um, so they estimate his net worth at $100 million, which is, as Bill mentioned, off a, a site called CelebrityNetWorth.com. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Who cares? Um, he was reportedly paid just $5,000 per episode, which I think is wrong. I'm pretty sure it was ten dollars I've heard that, too. I've heard the ten dollars and get this, the article says, and while residuals have made many, have made many of others actors very rich, many of others actors very rich. Uh, you know, uh, everything on the internet is so full of half finished sentences that restart themselves. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it goes on. Shatner once revealed that he and the Star Trek cast initially didn't receive every anything. Quote, the series Star Trek that I was in so was so early on, there were no residuals, so none of us have ever received residuals, he said. That came into being about three years. So, okay, he revealed that they didn't receive residuals. That's not a reveal. That's yeah. standard operating procedure. Right. Um, the contracts at that time was you were paid for the initial showing and a yeah. lesser amount for the second time it was on, and then after that, nothing. Yeah, so that's not a reveal. That's right. not news. That's not a surprise. But then this this sentence at the end, where quote, that came into being about three years. <laughs> what later? Before I, before three <laughs> years later? <laughs> what the heck does that mean? I know I so many like... of these uh, things. You know, I feel like writing them a note, going look. You desperately need at least a proofreader, if not an editor, for these yeah. web articles. And you could hire me. 
I will keep you from <laughs> making these stupid, foolish statements that are just grammatically wrong. We're not even talking about yeah. statements of fact. We're talking about grammar and punctuation and spelling. Yeah, it's just really bad. Um, anyway, so at the very end of the article in italics, Ed Note, a previous version of this story, noted that Shatner owned a horse farm near Versailles, Kentucky, but Shatner has clarified he does not own the farm. So clearly somebody read his uh, tweet and went and corrected it. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. But what a stupid article. So uh, good for you, Bill, for pushing yeah. back against that because that's dumb. Wow. Yes. Anyway, moving on to something really, really good. Okay, so this was posted in one of the Star Trek groups on Facebook that I belong to. That's called uh, Star Trek, the original series. Yes. And it was a post of an interview that Bill did in the New York Times in 1994. So we're going back. Yes. Back in time. And (laughs) this was when Bill was promoting Star Trek Generations great great film yes (laughs) it was before bill i think was really comfortable talking to people and really knew what was going on with star trek fandom and how to talk about it and that's really obvious in this article yes he's uncomfortable Uh, talking to fans which is different than talking to a reporter yes meet a fan on a one-on-one level it's like hmm Yeah, exactly. So the brilliance of this article, um, which is called At Lunch with William Shatner, Contemplating Death and the Sequel. And it's by a guy named Alex Witchell. And Alex Witchell brought his mom. I love you, Alex Witchell. So good. What a great thing. Um, So she... She is excited because she is a Star Trek fan. Uh, It says, for almost 30 years, she has had a crush on James Tiberius Kirk, captain of the Starship Enterprise, and now she is bereft. I am not. I have watched Star Trek under duress since I was a child, and today is no different. (laughs) Mom, calm down. We're having lunch with him, I remind her. We are having lunch with William Shatner, she sniffs. It's not quite the same. (laughs) Yay, Mom! So they go and they have lunch, and it's not uh, out to lunch. It's not at no, all. No, like it's out not to that lunch. one. <laughs> but uh, he does, he does come on to to Alex Witchell's mom. I will read this because it's really good. Uh, when it came time to perform a death scene, I had to think what it would be like to die. He croons, looking deep into her eyes. <sighs> Kirk, the lady killer, to the to the core. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm having too much fun for that. Are you? <laughs> uh, I'm more realistic, she says flatly. Good old literal mom. His, his back goes up. I'm saying emotionally I don't want to go. He huffs. I had to think about my last breath. Uh, well, Star Trek will continue, mom decides. Why, he asks. It has to. His stare is tinged with, tinged with contempt. <laughs> I'm not a Trekkie, she says, to counter it. Bill, you are. You just don't know it, he snorts, turning towards me. But one look at my face after this curt dismissal is his cue to turn right back. <laughs> oh, my God. I could just imagine. Don't you talk to my mom I like really? that? Really? Oh, man. So it, it goes on, and he's trying to explain about generations. I mean, how do you defend mm-hmm. your role in that? So... <laughs> Well, you know what the thing is that struck me when I read the article was uh-huh. a couple times the part you just read more or less happens a few times where, you know, he's doing yes. his pitch of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And she more or less 
not meaning to, shuts him down, and he gets real snippy with her. And then yes. she'll say something that, like, calms him down, and all of a sudden he's Mr. Sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. I think he was unprepared for that kind of honesty from someone, especially so. from from a fan, you know, mm -hmm. that it wouldn't be a fan who was like, oh, Mr. Shatner, everything you do is wonderful. You mm -hmm. know, this is someone who's been a fan of the show since it's around and isn't afraid to say, ah, actually, I don't think you're you're right about that. And a, um, a, a seasoned reporter or interviewer would not be that honest either. That's you know, right. they kind yeah. of tend to at least pretend or give the impression they're agreeing with you or following the weird thing you're saying mm -hmm. to keep you talking. Yep, exactly. So bringing his mom who can do that, who can be <laughs> yeah. this unfettered sort of, I'm just going to say to William Shatter whatever I'm going to say because I will never meet him again. Yeah, right, and, and she's chance. not impressed by stardom. Oh, it's amazing. Um, great to see in a 1994 article, Bill shilling as hard as he fucking can. It's great. <laughs> he says, I've got so many things to sell. I don't know <laughs> what to do. He's very open about it. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. The movie, my book. Once I do all the movie interviews and say Patrick's a wonderful guy, then I want to talk about something more interesting. Ooh, just <laughs> as interesting. And then it and and it just turns out that this year I have written my sixth sixth tech war novel and am producing and writing a series based on it for the USA Network. While promoting his products, he gazes at me a la Kirk, which backfires since his left eye is thoroughly bloodshot. Oh, it's my contact, he says. One is for reading and one is for distance. Um, I didn't know he wore contacts. I didn't either. Um, a lot so of then, people, though, have that, that same... Yeah. I trouble later on in life, you know, and, and mm -hmm. instead of glasses, they elect to do contacts. Um, um, so then mom says, uh, that's what I have, mom says, her tone shifting to Dr. Mom. <laughs> it's time to take it out. And Bill's immediately back in the saddle. God, I wish she was my mother, he says. Can you, can you lend her to me for a weekend? <laughs> he grins. She grins back. Um, so then they have pizza and he talks about his kids and he talks about Gene Roddenberry and, um, oh, this was interesting. Um, he, they talk about why he didn't get along with Gene Roddenberry mm -hmm. sometimes. And Bill says, our relationship was cool. It was summed up, I think, by one of the statements made to me by his wife after his death. I said, I never understood why Gene didn't like me. And she said, and I assume the she is Majel, um, Oh, but he did. He thought of you all as his children. And I don't need anybody to think of me as a child. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. It is. Um, his attitude towards everything Star Trek seems so odd and almost lackadaisical, lackadaisical condensation. Oh, God. <laughs> Big words. Condescension yes. that can instantly shift to fierce propriety. Which is it? Bill says, you've heard my litany of the things I am doing. I am in creative ferment at my age, more alive, with more energy, more passion than I have ever had. All of it stems from the celebrity of being Captain Kirk. How do I feel about that? Pretty good. I have all the anger, rage, desire, and sensuality about me as when I was 20. I've been uplifted and supported in every sense of the word by Star Trek. The only thing I didn't allow was for it to be the only thing in my life. My personal life is in turmoil now, renewing itself. And that's when he was getting divorced from Marcy mm -hmm. at the time. So I love that he manages to work in the passion and the sensuality stuff. Mm -hmm. He didn't quite get around to saying it was all about sex, but, you know. He did say almost. it. I mean, you know, it's there. <laughs> and it's not a very deeply buried subtext. 
So the end of this is wonderful. Oh, I have my hand on my heart for this. Oh, it's so great. So uh, they're wrapping things up and they're talking and she takes out a copy of his new book written with Chris Kresge and published by HarperCollins, which I think was... Oh, I don't remember. Star which Trek movie memories, I bet. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, which he signs, the soul of graciousness. He stands and shakes my hand. Mom is still seated. He leans over and, do I believe my eyes, kisses her on the mouth. <laughs> then he cups the side of her face in his hand and kisses her again and once more before exiting stage right. We watch him go. Am mm. I blushing? She asks. <laughs> Actually, your face is maroon. <laughs> So, Earth to Mom, what did you think of him? Well, it seems like his whole character is drawn from himself. Maybe that's why it's such a powerful character. Could you tell the difference between the two? Yes, she says gravely, studying the tablecloth. I felt I was having lunch with William Shatner. I was kissed, however, by Captain Kirk. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I think she's 100% right about that. I could not put it any better. She is right on the mark. Oh, just nailed it. Yep. Lunch with Bill, kissed by Captain Kirk. And you know what? Mm. As much as I believe, you know, she read him and like cut him down to size a little bit a couple of times. He read her too. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh. She, uh, I mean... You talk to somebody like that, you have these exchanges, it's somebody who is going to be forthright with him. Of course he's going to kiss her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what else would he do? Yes. <sighs> and well, when you think about the conventions and people will say, well, you do the risk is his business speech. Well, you do the, they want him to play Captain Kirk again. And he doesn't want uh -huh. to do that. He did that for her. Yeah, oh. he sure did. Oh. How special. How, How very, very, special. very special. As wonderful. So that that was an unexpected ending to this article. I mean, it was an interesting article reading it all the way through because mm -hmm. you don't often get to see him off balance like that. Yes. And, uh, you know, her she was perfectly poised and willing to do it. And then the way it all wraps up is like this. You couldn't have scripted it, right? Yeah. It's just an amazing wrap up. It's so cool. <sighs> I love it. I do too. <laughs> Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Maybe it's time for a cigarette right now. I don't know. but uh... <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was great and truly a wonderful note to end this show on. It was. So hoping that you're doing okay and we've now given you a whole bunch of links and um, notices about good things about Bill and Star Trek that you can watch and enjoy. Watch the SF Oasis stuff. That'll keep you laughing for sure. Uh, we are going to be doing another watch along, but it'll be over by the time this show goes out. So sorry, but we'll definitely be doing more as we go. And this one is themed. It is. We're going to, I think maybe we could do some more themed ones. I think so on too, because this is a great idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. So uh, look for those notices. We'll be posting them as events on Facebook because I figured out how to do that. Good. And uh, yeah, we'll keep trying to do it in the future. So send us your comments, send us your emails, um, you know, share stuff with us on Facebook. We love to get notifications when people have discovered interesting things mm -hmm. and, and new stuff that we can look at. And we hope we just some of you will be online for uh, San Diego. 
Comic-Con yeah. too? Because yeah. we will be at least at those three things that Lena has picked out for us. Yeah. So tell us what you thought about those and um, your reactions. And if you liked the Lower Decks trailer, which was, you know, as we said, very good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Thanks for, for those of you. And I know there are a few people who have been here, I think, almost 15 years because, yep. you know, inertia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we present... An interesting and different viewpoint on many things having to do with Star Trek and Bill. That's true. I would almost call us clever and compelling. I would. And <laughs> and um, our wit is equal parts scorn and adoration. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely is. And that's what makes us special. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so thanks everybody. It's so much fun to be doing these episodes and it's nice to be putting them out a little more regularly. Yes, both yes. Are, and we, both digging it. Yeah. We want to hear from you. A couple people now have sent us some really interesting stuff, comments and links, and I'm collecting them, but I haven't, yeah. you know, there's so much Bill is doing, it's kind of hard to, to jam in all of the other stuff, but we will definitely be, get, be getting to some of these things because they are fascinating and we do want to talk yeah. about them. Yeah, absolutely. So... Everybody, take care of yourselves, wear your masks, wash your hands, and all that stuff. And until we see you again, live Live long long and potluck.